Alright guys, and we're live here on the Wrestling Rewind show number 20... What's it? 27? 27, yeah. Show number 27. That's crazy. We're really getting up there now, Dave. So, uh, how's your week been, man? How, how are you? Oh, it's a great day for wrestling, everyone. How y'all doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now, like, let, well, look, we're not going to talk about it because it's too early. But, um... It would be remiss for us to not mention what's going on. So, one of the reasons why we didn't do From the Dark this Friday was because uh, Ian was said for us not to do it um, based on what happened in the UK and Ireland with the wrestling stuff and the independent stuff. And you know, he was um, he's friends like he with a lot of guys there, so. He can't believe what's going on. He wasn't in the right headspace. So, look, we are going to do it maybe like two weeks down the line when he's feeling it. But, look, everybody's rocked by what's going on here with this stuff. And, um, you know, if you know Ian, like, he's a, a big um, a big UK wrestling, um, obviously, re wrestler fan. But also, he knew all the guys there. And it, it's a big blow to the system. Big blow to everybody. So, that's why he didn't why we didn't do the show why we're not going to talk about it now is because would we don't want to um we don't feel yeah it's it's a bummer and it's it's still too early to know what's going on obviously anyone who is like convicted or you know it's proven and obviously you know we believe the the, the women coming forward in this you know but if it's case of it's proven in that and it's without doubt yeah, these people should be, you know, the books should be thrown at them and never work again or go to jail and all that kind of stuff. But right now, we want to kind of just wait and see. I don't want to make claims and um, aspersions with people purely because, like, one, we're not a wrestling media show. That's not what we do. Yeah. You know, we're a review show from stuff that we like. And, you know, we just don't want to talk about it. Uh, it's 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 still too early. Um, we're, we're not in the Brocken News business. So uh, it, 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 it's not it's it's not our gig, you know. There's loads of places that are that are talking about it, and you know, go and check them out. But for most, we made a decision last night. Hey, look, we're not going to talk about it. So um, obviously, when there's an update and when this is all kind of ironed out, we'll probably mention it. But this is not the time nor place to do that. So sorry, guys. That's just how the cookie crumbles. Um, what what we are going to talk about is something way more fun. Um, well, The Undertaker retired, apparently. We might get to that. But the meat of the show we're going to get into is one of my favourite pay-per-views of all time. Um, and it's one that, for some reason, isn't talked about. And I think I know exactly why it's not talked about. It's because you've never seen it um, in, yeah. in America. It was just one of those things. This was like all of its time. Um, like, very much of its time. Like, it just couldn't happen now. But this was this period no no it could not no it could not like loads of things gonna happen i told you it was fun I told oh, you it was so fun. much fun so um, much fun but what i mean even from like the logistics of it um this whole show exists in a vacuum but also doesn't because it ties into <laughs> everything that's going on at the same time so, and that's the best pun there we'll make for the entire night we'll uh, get to that shortly <laughs> But what's cool about this period is, in particular, I love the fact that, like, for me, this is, this is like, these three months are like ingrained into my brain and they're so important. Like, I think everybody has, every wrestling fan has those 
moments that are like ingrained and this is one of them from SummerSlam to Armageddon 1999 I like I know every single play move uh, moment episode of Raw all that kind of stuff because it was such a weird really weird time like everyone says the Monday Night Wars kind of ended in 2001 not really this is kind of when they ended um, because this is when WWE really changed and you see the you see a lot of like they went from struggling to victory lamping and this is one of the big angles where they started doing it like even the way they had this stuff formatted out so we had SummerSlam which we will talk about at some point because that's such a great show then we had Unforgiven which we will talk about because it's such a bad show um, well we kind of talked about it with the Kennel from Hell and then we had this show which is literally took place like a week later and then it built into No Mercy so it was it was a show that was in continuity but also wasn't and that's why I wanted to talk about it one because like most people I've never heard an American take on this and I've never heard anyone really talk about it. even OSW Review I don't think I talked about Rebellion 1999 if they have let me know because I would love them to talk about this but um, it's one of my favourite shows and um, I just think it's great like it's it's so of its time but it's also not like I don't know the set design is fantastic I love my, uh, Michael Hayes on commentary <laughs> I love how yeah that stuck out to me too I was right? super surprised Isn't yeah super great and just the, the, the weird kind of presentation of it with the the weird table that isn't the announced table the pyro that isn't the pyro the stage great pyro though oh, still better pyro than so we usually good. get I'll say it's that it's so good like it's one of those shows that when you go back and watch it, it it sticks out to be like a mix between an actual pay-per-view and a house show yeah that was the vibe that I was getting I was trying to figure out exactly where this fell and like you mentioned I had never seen this show now granted um, as we get into the topics of the show this was during a time period when you know I was what ten years old, so yep. my parents would see the product and go, "Yeah, you're not watching this." So you 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 had you had good parents, Dave. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or at least the oh no, my parents are great. But you know, me and Gary have joked many times when we we're doing the show that how did our parents let us watch this? Like I I look like for context with this show, right? This was yeah. one of the only shows that was on during the day for us. Mm. This was a Saturday night. I'll never forget it. It was a Saturday night. It was like over at eight, at like ten p.m., and it was weird because you'd order it on Sky Box Office, and everybody would come around and watch it. Like all the, all of us as kids would come out and watch it. It's like this feels really weird because this we don't get this ever. You know, this was just never a thing. You know, um, but yeah, our parent like we've joked many times that our parents we don't know how we were allowed to watch wrestling. Like, honest to God, like it's it's really bad. Like some of it is just. Like the whole Jeff Jarrett thing, if that was today, cancel culture wrung him one a mutt like, you know, like for, oh it absolutely would. That's how the and I, yeah, the I gotta say like vacuum technology I did not realize has come so far in twenty years. Uh, yeah, it's I, I don't know. I love how much of a heel he was, and remember this was on his way out. This was just before yes. he was about to leave. So for anyone who doesn't know. Uh, Jeff Jarrett was the Intercontinental Champion and he was literally on his way out of WWE um, to WCW now he he would lose the belt a month later to China and then that would be it 
you know, in a good housekeeping match, which is an atrocious match. But <laughs> this whole gimmick, his whole gimmick at the time was being like an uber mis- misogynist, you know, and it's it is very distasteful. But that's the point, right? It's like you don't sit there and go, "Oh, sure, isn't he great?" It's like no, you're like you're horrible. You're a horrible, horrible man. But that's the gimmick. Yeah, the point. The point. You're not supposed to like him at all. And actually, I mean, he was basically doing a not as well, uh, not as well performed Andy Kaufman gimmick. Yeah. From the uh, 70s or 80s, whatever it was. Like that. That was what Kaufman used to do. Go around, like demean the women in the crowd, try and get them into the ring to like prove that they could hold up to him that was you know the whole intergender thing which was mm. absolutely pure brilliance and i think that's what they were trying to capture a little bit with this angle um unfortunately the quote-unquote fan who came into the ring couldn't sell a figure for a leg lock to save her life no, but that's okay <laughs> that's okay she tried that's okay that's the main thing right she tried she um, tried but yeah um, it, like i thought that was the worst part um but this is something that jeff jarrett was doing throughout this whole time period this was his big his big shtick you know where he would he'd pull women out of the crowd he'd invite them in and then slap on the figure four leg lock that's, that was his kind of thing because his big feud was with China now the right. weird thing about this is like this would continue China would end up winning the belt and have a feud with Jericho where Jericho would end up taking over that role and that's what a lot of people seem to kind of forget like Jericho ends up being um, that kind of stand in for uh, for Jeff Jarrett you know but like like Jeff Jarrett had a massive role in this pay-per-view like that shocked me I had no idea he was going to be involved in so many storylines and matches Mm. was he like super over in the UK and I wasn't aware or something not over but like super popular there or something I don't recall (laughs) I don't recall and one thing I'm going to have to uh, upload this later to YouTube because our YouTube isn't working at the moment but Twitch Periscope and Mixer are so I will upload it to YouTube later sorry guys Um, but yeah it wasn't that he was super popular it was that I don't know. I think he. It's kind of hard to know what's going back, and I think if I got to talk to Jeff Jarrett again, um, I might actually ask him about this, uh, this whole time period, because I really should have and wish I did. But I think it was more he knew it was on the way out, and he wanted to kind of use him as much as he could. But to start off the show where he had a really good match with D'Lo Brown, like it was very competitive. That was one thing about these matches. While they weren't the biggest matches in the world, none of them were bad. Um. And I always loved D'Lo Brown as far as like an in-ring performer. I thought he was always great. Um, so to have him in the ring there with Jeff Jarrett, I think they had a great feud, a nice little six-minute match. But then he kind of came back and then, you know, had a not-so-good match with China, which ended with British Bulldog brutalizing China with a running power slam. So- right, yeah. D- D'Lo Brown took me by surprise in this pay-per-view because um, every time he tried to go to, uh, whether it was TNA or coming back for the Royal Rumble his reception was never that great but at this time when he was actually active the ovation was massive that oh, he yeah. got from the crowd like that's the thing when you're watching the crowd and it's one thing that I, I don't know whenever I watch these shows I'm just so energized by them because the crowd is so yeah. into it and it's so enjoyable and even if some of the stuff in the ring is either bad or it's just purely distasteful you're like well the crowd seems to like it so it's okay 
You know, yeah, the crowd's not in it for themselves like no. they seem to be nowadays. They're That's not trying the to get themselves over. They're just enjoying the product. Yeah, it's like even though it, it's a time when kayfabe obviously wasn't real, everybody knew it was fake. Everyone still went in and went in with just like childlike innocence to it, you know, where yes. they were like, "Oh, we're we're into this, and we know it's a show, and we're going to fully give ourselves over to it being a show." And I think that's what we've lost now in the post internet, post um, everyone being offended by everything, PG post PG era kind of stuff, where it's like, right, this couldn't be done now because. Either, as you said, it'll be hijacked by people who want to get themselves over, or WWE wouldn't do it because, you know, they couldn't. Like, and now, one thing that shocked me on this as well, that the actual women's match, well, it wasn't great. It wasn't bad either. It was a four corners match, so... What's weird about this time period as well, like this specific... Did I fall asleep? There was a women's match during this? There was. There was a four corners uh, women's match, yeah. I genuinely have no notes about this. I took notes from the whole show. I, I have nothing about a women's match. I don't That's know how fair. I missed it. I don't know if I went somewhere. I don't know what happened. It was three minutes. It was three minutes. Don't well, worry. there you go. I must have gone to like the kitchen or something. You probably did. And this is what I mean. This was still a time period when that when women's wrestling was still a bathroom break. It wasn't as bad as it would become, but it was still a competitive thing where the belt was still being actively defended. But that's what I mean. Like, 1999 is a really weird... Are you sure there was a women's yeah, match? And was. you're not I just talking about the no, Godfather? I literally watched it two minutes ago. <laughs> it was there. I'm looking at I the notes nothing. now. I'm looking at got the nothing. notes now. Luna Fashan came out. Like, come on, dude. How did you forget Luna <laughs> Fashan was on the card? <laughs> I think it's my old recapper's brain. Just a women's match it's block. Off. <laughs> I don't know what happened. Oh, I gotta, I'd be remiss if I did not mention... I have the logo behind me if you're watching this in video. Isn't it cool? But the... The uh yeah the opening um the opening little video that they did was a bit freaky mm. uh compared to what's actually going on in the world today uh the same symbols uh cars being turned over in streets I was like oh well, my gosh the, the, what am I watching well, the title is rebellion like that is it is the, yeah the, and then they also had another one called insurrection which was never yes. as good as a title like I'll be honest with you whenever I yeah, what's going on in the world is it is yeah, it's kind of weird. But um It was just like, really yeah, weird vibes. Weird. I was like, this they they could literally be using footage from today and using it in the this is just Well, I don't know. I don't know, every twenty years, right? We always say every twenty years. Right. But uh this happened in October, so we're a little bit a little bit ahead of the, the curve there, I suppose. Oh, well then we have great things to look forward to. <laughs> but one thing I will like uh, like as I said, whenever I would like make um even today Whenever I get SmackDown versus Raw and I go to the customs creations, I always make sure I have a rebellion in my universe because, like, that's how much I love. Like, two two pay per views I always love, and they're two of my favorite shows that they don't do anymore. Rebellion and Cyber Sunday are Taboo Tuesday. I think they're just really cool. Like, and not because I well, I have a emotional attachment to Rebellion. I'll be straight with you, but I just think for what it was and for how they did it, I think this is the perfect way to have a pay per view overseas where it feels like a pay-per-view but it's also not you know like nothing really big happens but it's not a waste of time like this show wasn't a waste of time no you know also I, it wasn't super long it was only two hours and like 20 some minutes yeah it, it was grand it was perfect it was grand it, was, it had like a nice breezy through it as well it wasn't killed to death by gimmick matches it had my favourite steel cage match of all time um and 
Yeah, we'll get to that at the end of the we show. That was, that was really solid, yeah. We will. Um, but, like, it had so much in it that if you haven't seen it, go watch it. It's on the network. It's very easy to find. And um, you'll be re- you'll really enjoy it. Uh, I, the only... <laughs> the Chris Jericho Road Dog stuff was weird because this is a weird time period for Chris Jericho too because he debuts at SummerSlam, has a really cool promo, has one of the best... Uh, no, he didn't debut at SummerSlam. He debuted on Raw, but had one of the best uh, pay-per-view debuts on top of the Ken Shamrock's uh, Lions Den against uh, the Road Dog, where he calls it hmm. Summer Sham. And if you haven't seen that promo, it's fantastic. So he sets up this like feud with the Road Dog and X-Pac and uh, Ken Shamrock. Ken Shamrock disappears at some point, and his last match is with Jericho on SmackDown. It's a hardcore match. And... Uh, then you never see Ken Shamrock again which as a 10 year old I was very upset because I love Ken Shamrock and um, yeah and then it, he just ends up in this feud with the road dog for some reason and it never really did anything for me I think this was kind of like they were putting putting them on ice apparently he was supposed to do a little bit more than what he would end up doing but then he fell into the China thing and 2000 is when he really took off so um this is a weird period for Jericho I also forgot about Jericho's floozy that he came to the ring with Mr. Hughes oh yes good stuff good stuff <laughs> what floozy floozy yeah floozy <laughs> absolutely I mean there, there were a lot of great um, great lines in terms of uh, ways to describe things I think I wrote down my favorite line of the night by, which was by Jim Ross during oh. the Godfather's thing and uh, it was, and I quote, "Oh my, hose a plenty." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just, oh just, god, oh, like yeah, we'll get just to that. hearing it come out of his mouth. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" We'll get and to that, that. Like I said earlier, like when I saw that, that's when I went, "Oh right, this is why I wasn't allowed to watch." Yeah, this no, we'll get stuff. to that. I, I I have a lot oh, to say about that specific match because, yeah, we'll get to that. But um. I know Road Dog is always entertaining. I think Road Dog was. I think this is the best run of Road Dog's career. This again, SummerSlam to Armageddon, where he's just he's doing a lot and he's having a lot of fun and he looks healthy and he's quite good in the ring. Um, this is a brilliant little time period. I love this. This is like, for me, this is my favorite period of wrestling. Those four or five months, I think it's just everything brilliant with it. You know, there's some good stuff happening in WCW. Uh, ECW was still there, and then you had WWE just really just doing really really entertaining things and presentation wise setting stuff up in unique ways even in a show like this like that's why it's so weird they do a major angle halfway through the show where British Bulldog is freaking out about not having a title match because The Rock screws him over on SummerSlam on uh, Mm. Raw the night before and then he picks up a trash can and throws it like just freaks out and throws it at the wall and he hits Stephanie and that sets up more um, more angles and the rest of the night. Also, this is during the middle of the referee strike, which is a carryover from Unforgiven, where all the referees were sick of getting beaten up and he went on strike. Stone Cold Steve Austin ends up being the enforcer in the stick-pack challenge, and that's what happens. This is post that, when all the referees have more authority and you see them not be bullied around as much as they were. So... 
it's I mean, unless unless you're Tim White, in which unless case the Godfather will flank you with his hose. Well, he looked like, and you like... will be smothered to the ground by them. <laughs> well, he looked like he had a good time, so that's. I don't think he was complaining. No, I don't think he was complaining either. But le- uh, let's talk about that match. Right? I think I think we have to. You know, we have. I to. forgot that. Um, I forgot Gangrel spit water. Uh, the way, or well, not always water, it but wasn't water. I forgot that he like spit the same way that Triple H did. No, he. It no. was weird to see on the same show. Like he did it from the ring apron up f- into the air. Well, he did it from the corner. He did it from the corner. Yeah. No. Okay. Do you know Gangrel's gimmick? Do you know what it's supposed to be? Because I only feel- yeah the, the whole vampire in the blood and I got yeah I got that. No, 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 no. It's a very specific thing that I only found out when I got into into the source material. Right. So okay. a Gangrel is a type of vampire from Vampire the Masquerade which is a game and a role playing game like you know Vampire the Masquerade is one of the best RPGs you'll ever play get it on GOG now it's fantastic um, but it's also like a role playing game and Gangrel is a type of vampires now here's a weird thing if you ever look at any games that Gangrel is in or even on some episodes of WWE television at this point you'll see a little thing underneath it saying Gangrel own property of White Wolf White Wolf Entertainment is the people who own Vampire the Masquerade and that's what that's a reference to huh yeah I know right I had no idea I mean this doesn't change my point about him spitting from the corner but that's really fascinating right I know I figured this out and I couldn't believe it I was like wow this is crazy so this is kind of like, um, well, not on the same staggering level, but this is kind of like when the WWE uh, came up with an agreement with Marvel Comics so that Hulk Hogan could be called Hulk Hogan. Yep. And also, well, and in those comics, Hulk actually beats Hulk Hogan. So that's how they got away with it in one of the comics. I mean, that's just, that's not kayfabe. I don't believe it. <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's what happened. So a lot of the, a lot of stuff the Gangrel does is based on that with the blood bats and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, he spits... Well, his one kind of makes sense because he's a vampire, right? And Bloodbat was his thing. When Triple H does it, it just looks cool. So I never really saw the conflict between the two, to be honest with you. Oh, there's no conflict. I just did not realize there were two people on the same card doing the same thing. Yeah. Nowadays, they would be like, no, don't. You got to have something different. Exactly. No, that would be Who did it first was going to be my question to you because you are the historian of all things Triple H. I think Gangrel did it first. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think Gangrel did it first, but again, Gangrel's one was very specific. It wasn't, it wasn't a way to hype himself up. It was an offering. Right. Gangrel did it from five feet in a different place in the ring, guys. So it's totally different. No, because it's supposed to be an offering. That's the thing. <laughs> no, I know. Vampire, I know the character right? motivation. I know what you're uh, saying. I'm so just it, being just, very reductionist. You know, <laughs> now, one thing that really did annoy me, and I kind of, I kind of laughed a little bit. You know, instead of having the cool. Um, the cool entrance up from the fire obviously they, they didn't bring that with them so you just have some candles and he walks through them and you're like that looks pretty crappy like you know it's like either do it or don't do it you know what I mean it's like don't have candles you're not Alistair Black and they don't even have they don't even have full candles they have like three of them and you're like lads this looks pretty poor like but... I mean they didn't start the dry ice on time no and you're gonna complain about candles he just shows up and he's like hey I'm gonna go do my He's thing standing there. there, and all of a sudden, the smoke comes yeah, out from under him. You're like, like "Oh, bad camera take." <laughs> yeah, you probably should have pre-recorded that. But sure, look, um, the match itself was fun, um, but then the pre-match was really the story here, where uh, Godfather's cutting 
it's unbelievable promo Gangrel and Gangrel is like and he's like hey usually I would offer you one of the hoes but which again sorry guys he literally used the term hoes here like this is not us you know this is not wor- this is not the words we have chosen these are the words that WWE have chosen for, for yeah, if we're listening, you gotta guys if, if we're gonna cover things from a historical perspective and we have to talk about them as yeah, they were at the time exactly. we can't get all trying to correct thing look no. the guy had a hoe train we're gonna call it a hoe train it was what it was yeah. obviously nowadays we would call it a very polite ladies um stampede or something i don't know <laughs> no what, no, what it, i love about it i love his i forgot his finishers and like michael hayes is going through his finish and he's like you got to be careful for the whole train because that sets up the pimp drop and i'm just like this is, <laughs> this is ridiculous <laughs> this is just ridiculous oh man i don't know how he held it together because like obviously michael hayes wasn't the commentator all the time he was just there right. I, don't know, I don't know why he was there i really enjoyed him on commentary i have to say but I'm great color commentator. I was really, very impressed. He's actually. really good. I thought him and uh, J and Jr were really good. But just listening back to that, I double. Ta- I had to do a double take. I'm like, that whole sentence is absolutely ridiculous. Like, and again, it's, yeah, they, there was line after line that I could have written down just out of pure joy of what they were saying with completely straight faces. Yeah. Uh, the hose surrounded them around the commentary table. They couldn't get over. And Derek's laughing at me. I'm trying to get and through did, this. And they did and a little, these are normal and, sentences. Yeah, so um, they did a little dance, and he was like, "Come back!" And you're like, "What is this? <laughs> what is this?" And then you're like, "Somehow, somehow, this was still less tame than Jerry Lawler making comments about the divas on the way down see, to the ring." The, I diff- don't know. the difference was like with this, it was kind of, I suppose, fun. Like mm. no one was really demeaned. Compared to like Jim, uh, compared to what King would say, where he just demeaned right. people, and you're like, no, it, there's a difference because I suppose this is all in good taste and everyone's having a good time. But with King, you're like, you're just kind of being creepy, dude. Like, you know, kind of being creepy. And since I've been doing Diva of the Week, um, my Diva of this week goes out to the blonde in the uh, the red the red thong bikini. That, that's my choice. I don't know her name. Actually, I don't know there was one, there was one shot. There was one <laughs> shot in it where it was just like it just cut back and it was just all the girls just in tongs. And you're like, oh my god, why did my parents let me watch this? Ten year old. I was like, what is this? I know. It's like, I, I was ten. Th- what is? I this? used to think that like the the beautiful people's entrance. Or uh, <laughs> Melina's entrance, or all of those are crazy. No, they were nothing. But the WWE did not care no. when the when the Ho train entered the ring. I mean, you want to talk about a bent over, messed up camera? <laughs> that shouldn't. I was like, what am I watching? Yeah, you're like, this is crazy. <laughs> and then you go back and you like, you look at why the sensors are freaking out, and you're like, you know what? You probably had a point. Like, like it was probably did. It was pretty pretty out there you know now don't get me wrong it's a fun thing to see and it's like completely of its time but you're also like wow they really pushed the bow out here like this really no, they are. I love really it. far <laughs> like really far you can't even I see the I love the, the godfather uh, shouting out into the crowd like where my like where the pimp sat in here and on the whole crowd chanting back now I have a question yeah he was the godfather still at this point right because that's yeah. what they referred to as commentary the entire time it was I don't know if this was changed just on the network as a voiceover, mm. but when he was introduced to the ring, the ring announcer announces him as the good father. Oh, and that caught weird. me off guard. No, so that, I don't know if that was a post edit or what. No, that was I didn't catch that, but no, yeah. yeah. Like he was fair like the right sensor weren't even a thing yet. Stevie Exactly. That's so why I was like, What what is going on? That's not who he is yet. No. That's because 
he himself as a human being later would have issues with the character that he used to play and, yeah, and no, all that. Like, no, but, St- Stevie Richards was still running around with his floozy, the blue meanie at this point. Floozy, floozy the night of the hoes and floozies. <laughs> That's the title of today's show. <laughs> uh, I blame Hunter Golden for bringing that in. Um, I just think that I just think that's the best way to describe any kind of like lackey that they have. It sounds better than lackey floozy. Yeah, well, there's so many terms we're apparently not allowed to use after this week anyway to describe it. So oh, well. we'll that, go with floozy. We'll go with floozy. Um, but yeah, no. So this, if that is in the actually okay, so if that is a network edit, that that that's a grievous one. Here's another one, right? And it's one. That, I mean, that or I did watch this at one o'clock in the morning, but I believe I heard that very distinctly. I went, hmm, that sounded great. really out of place. Yeah. And he wasn't referred to that at all for the rest of the time. No. He I, I just I love how the crowd like. This is one of the things I love about the crowd before they're in it for themselves. You know, at first the Godfather comes out by himself and gets booed. And I'm sitting there trying to remember like, okay, why is he getting booed? Was he's not the heel right now. And then he turns around, invites the hoe train out and the fans go wild. I'm like, that is so funny. Like that's, that's what I want out of wrestling. Just some fun. But that's what I mean. Like it was fun, you know, like again, well, you know, obviously we were watching it as children, so we didn't know what these things were. We just kind of were going along with it. But like, I suppose being in that crowd, it would be fun because it's you feel like you're part of the show and not like in a horrible, in for yourself, you know, kind of thing. More like this is a big pantomime and we're all having a good time, and that's what this whole show felt like. This, you know, it was a UK show, UK crowd, which. You know, I've been lucky enough to go to the UK many times for wrestling shows, and it's always a great time. Honestly, they're super fun, and um, yeah, it's it is what it is. You know, it's 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 a snapshot of the time that I wish we were still in, in a lot of ways, because this because Dara wants to be surrounded by hoes and bluesies, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just I just think there's a lot a lost art here with like managers and valets yes. and stuff you know like there's a bunch of them you know you had mr hughes miss kitty and the whole train and it was just like you don't see this anymore like they're just lads coming out doing moves you know what i mean like if you look at the yeah. actual work rate of the people in working here the matches weren't great but they were a hell of a lot entertaining and lots of other things you'll see nowadays that's the truth yeah, and i think you mentioned that a bit earlier and it's a good point to touch on is that there was consistent storylines that played through the entire night that connected to things mm-hmm. every it like when there were run-ins when there was interference it didn't seem oh this is random. super random why are they doing it this sense. it was oh i get this like yeah. you're furious because he interfered like, it, like so i think like t- yeah. think about it right the show started off with jeff jarrett right yeah and, chi- and china was involved in that match in some ways right then the backstage segment with China, she entered. She had a run in with the bulldog. The bulldog interfered in her match, and then would you know it would set up the stuff to happen with Stephanie, and then that would end the bulldog coming out with Triple H and the Rocks match. So right, and not to mention China was also with Triple H, yes. so it even tied together that way. So the whole show made sense, and those kind of overbooking. It wasn't mm-hmm. overbooking because it, it was literally telling a cohesive story. The story of this show wasn't the matches as such. It was more the British Bulldog wanting that title match. 
and that was yes. the story of the night and and this is one of the things that we talk about when it comes to having 30 writers versus having two writers or one writer mm. they could actually tell like you said a cohesive story but they could tell something that kept you engaged for the entire show mm. where a match that i might skip over i watched because the things happening would somehow relate to what was going on later in the night i mean the styles of the matches were certainly different um it was, it was a lot more basic yeah in terms of the actual move sets and whatever a lot more brawling focus i would say um and a lot more mat wrestling actually which was cool to see but you're not going to if you want high flying moves i mean you got more out of kane than you probably did out of anybody else well X-Pac. but that's not X- what X- this X- show was about this X- show was X- to tell a specific story x-pac and jericho were probably the two best workers of the whole thing of the night uh, yes right you know it's I, I sometimes i have lenses on when it comes to x-pac because i know so much about him but he's such um, a good wrestler at the same no. time you know so it's he he blows me away he he's really so does. good and he was so like ahead, getting reminded so ahead of it's so ahead of his time as well and that's the that's the big thing about x-pac whenever you're watching him you're like man he really was good yeah you know no it, it wasn't just oh i'm involved with the click so i deserve to get a push no 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 you you legitimately were a great wrestler and and we haven't jumped to that match yet, but I gotta say the pyro. I love the DX pyro in the ring. The when the crotch shots that then uh, chops that then set off the X's mm. that go into the air. I mean, so fantastic! Good. Can so you good. imagine how much fun that would be as the performer to be doing that and jumping into the air and having pyro going off around you? And I just those are. It's like it's like um, when I'm at a like a big rock concert and people think I'm weird for doing this, but it's just something that's become a habit of mine where I'll end up turning around and just staring at like the crowd for like two or three minutes just to try and soak in like, what are the people on stage seeing when there's mm-hmm. 20,000, 30,000 people watching them? Like that's it's fair. such a cool vibe uh, well, see, to experience. It. That's what this, now obviously before the pandemic, we're not going, that's unfair to say, oh, it's not the same. Of course it's not the same. But what I mean is it's, this rock concert vibe doesn't exist anymore even at a Wrestlemania like think if the, no. think about it if, if WWE had this crowd at a Wrestlemania they'd be like oh my god this is unbelievable they're so into it but now it's like oh okay yay you know it's there's nothing to get these people going and what I love about it is you know with the pyro it's consistent throughout the whole show my favourite pyro actually is Jericho's pyro just before he enters it's like one of the best uses mm. of it. i don't know how they did it or who they got into do it but it, it just it feels more grungy everything about the show feels kind of grungy in like a good way yes and it's more kind of you know it, it kind of feels like an ecw show with money um <laughs> and that's kind of what i like about it it's 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 shot differently uh the production of it is very very not wwesque and then the pyro even itself is more kind of like based in look we're in Birmingham this is a, a rebellion show so let's do this differently rather than differently yeah this is a WWE show and it doesn't matter where we are like, uh, they, you know they I make even love the work. opening pyro in the ring mm, there's so great. much stuff that they don't do anymore and mm. I don't know if it's for safety reasons or it's money they, dude. money no no it's but I'm not, even when they do all the money and we see the fireworks going off around the stadium and stuff like i miss having the pyro actually 
in the ring itself. Oh, on the, the you know what I'm talking buckles? about, like the pipes that go up. Yeah, the turnbuckles. Not, not Kane that. stuff, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of like the DX, but like they would do it. I'm like, oh, man, that's stuff that I miss. Yeah, because it, it was it, it was so much more incorporated. Um, felt... And we always say it's money, but then they'll start doing it again in another week. So I don't know. I don't know. It's like I think the problem here is WWE knew what they were. Mm, they had an identity. Yeah, they knew what they were. They knew the brand. Um, they were like, we are, you know, as I said, like, it was edgy, but it was its own kind of edgy. It wasn't trying to be ECW. It wasn't trying to be WCW. Bits of it really looked like WCW, particularly Jericho. Jericho, I forgot how much, how much the WWE production on SmackDown and Raw hid how WCW he still was. On this show, when I was watching his match with, um, with Road Dog. that? Well, it's weird. It's just because I've, I got, I've, I've, watching as an adult I've never really kind of gone back and done the comparison and it just kind of hit me when I was watching it whatever way they shot that match it just looked like I was watching him in WCW again hmm. and I can't explain it it was just really weird it was the ring gear he was wearing I think and just the way it looked but you would never see that on a WWE television high cost uh, pay-per-view where obviously they'd shoot a little bit different so the ring gear he, wear, he wore wouldn't be a factor but it was just a really weird kind of experience to have. That's what I mean. It, the show felt very much like a different, a different show. It didn't feel like WWE, and that that to that it's a huge, huge, huge advantage. Yeah, he did take some unique bumps. Uh, there was one he took where he went like neck first from halfway around the ring into the ring rope. I was mm. like, oh man, like he's going all out. Like no, and I don't mean this in any sort of whatever way, but I mean. The dude's up there now. That he's just doing things he can't do now, and it's so cool to see him flying around the ring 21 years ago and just remembering. I mean, that—that's what I love about this is you get to see the guys that are, well, they're the legends now. They're the Hall of Famers now, and whatever. And it's cool to see them in their prime and in their peak. But you see, when you're watching it, like remember, in a lot of ways, this is their childhood, which is right. also weird. Um, but I didn't see this so much. I mean, this is my first time ever seeing this paper. Yeah, you didn't see it, but I did. It's my no, childhood. It's no. my childhood. That's what that way, right? And it's yeah, weird. yeah. And go back and watching it. It's like even without the big names like Austin and Taker, this is still one of the strongest pay per views that you can sit down and watch on the network. Look, I love John Cena, but it's laughable to put him in the same category as you The can't. Rock. You can't e- like, even just watching this paper. Like with the Rock doing the con- and I remember I I'm not a Rock fan in the ring at all. I really do not like the Rock as a wrestler. As a person, no, he does his punch. What, what's there to like? Yeah, as a person and as an actor, I actually really like him as an actor. Oh yeah, he's great. Absolutely, and I watch any movies in. But as and same with Cena, I love Cena as as uh, um as an actor. Oh, so you're the one person buying a ticket? I I will watch anything with John Cena, and I think it's great. Um, to be honest with you, but look. No, I mean, I love the Marine as well. I'm with you. I'm not talking about the Marine. I'm talking about even that Bumblebee <laughs> movie or Blockers. If you haven't seen Blockers, watch it. It's fantastic. I've heard really good things. It's really good. But, but, um, but before we move on, because we've already kind of moved on to the Jericho and Rodon cover that. Mm. But there was a, the Val Venus match happened before that. Right. And, <laughs> Where are you I, going well, and maybe you skipped over I skipped over talk this about one because I'm just like. Uh, there's nothing to talk about. All right, go on. Well, there is, there is though. When I was watching it, it was the only promo of the night where, because I know Val Venus is a really down to earth kind of guy nowadays, 
and it would be cool to talk to you because it genuinely seemed like he hated the lines that were written for him. It sounded like he didn't want to deliver them. It sounded like he had no investment in the character they were trying to build. He just really seemed to hate what the what what was written for him, and that's really stood out to me actually. Well, here's the weird thing about it is he might have hated it, but the crowd didn't. The crowd loved it. Yeah, that that was, that was so bizarre. Yeah. It was the most nonchalant, non-energetic delivery of lines I've ever heard to get a massive ovation. <laughs> like, but like, this is the thing: everyone on this crowd. Every single, sorry, on this card, every single person, every single person that you can talk about was all was over here, you know, that was yeah. it. It was, it was actually unbelievable when you think about it, you know. And I don't know, the only person actually who didn't have a character here was probably Tori. That was it. And I'm gonna pretend I remember that match. No, like as I said, you know, I don't even know what her character was. I couldn't tell you. But every other person, even Miss Kitty was great like, yeah it was it was very well done yeah it was bizarre because we talked about how they're like telling a story and there was themes tonight well there was a very very solid theme that happened for the first half of the show before the british bulldog happened mm. and that was um violence against women that that seemed to be yeah. the recurring theme of the night we had yeah. three matches yeah. or gimmicks in a row where either it was violence against them or portraying them just super sexually which I was like, what's happening? This is weird, this is weird, this is weird. But then it culminated in, as we were talking about, Stephanie McMahon accidentally getting hit with a garbage can. So it actually had a payoff. Even what we would consider nowadays the offensive stuff had a payoff that would then go on to play a factor in the story of the entire show. So even if the writing seemed weird, it was still very congruent. Like, uh, yeah, and there's no real... There's no real way to um, to defend that. You can't. Um, I mean, and, I that that was my best attempt at and, saying it was yeah, written and, well, and it was written well. Like as I said, the Jeff Jarrett stuff was designed to make you hate him. I don't think anybody there liked him. And then you had the Godfather, the Godfather being the Godfather, which and, yeah, is and then you is. had Val Venus, and Val Venus. You know, it was just it was like one, 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 and then British Bulldog hit Stephanie. I was like, oh okay that's where they were going with this it makes sense it made sense like this is this is a different a different world it's a different WWE 100% and like when you're looking at this kind of stuff remember they were really writing into this Jerry Springer world where you know this was just car crash TV but even still taking those elements they were still able to construct a card that told a story that held together not only held together but did two or three transitions to build to the main event like as I said from the very beginning you knew what you were going into and even the way they did the commentary there with, with um, instead of just telling the oh hey there's a match coming up they're like hey don't forget you know we have a title match coming up this is a big deal here's why it's a big deal compared to now where it's like the big dog will be up next and you're like what the hell does that mean what are you talking about? <laughs> I, I, yeah. did, I also I did enjoy China uh, dressing down Cole. That was really funny. Oh, seeing him as a backstage interviewer is just—it's absolute gold because he just comes across as the perfect little dweeb. Yeah, he's—he he's plays his character great. He's he very does. Josh Matthews esque, actually. I, I think. I think Josh. I think that's what they were going for. 
Yeah. I think that's what they're going for with Josh Matthews. They just kind of... Josh Matthews wasn't as good of uh, in that role as Cole was. Yeah. And, and, and who but, I mean, I like him. Oh, yeah. I've, I, I've always been a longtime fan of Matthews. I was kind of sad when he got released, but I mean... There's better, unfortunately. He's Actually, very, very talented, though. I'm not taking anything away from him. I'm going to try dig out the, the interview I did with Josh Matthews a couple of years ago. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. When he was in, when he he started with TNA. Um, hmm. So I'll try to find out. Like I, the worst thing about having all these back of having that back catalogue of shows is that I don't know where they are, and I didn't know yeah. them properly. So if uh, there's so much good content out there that I'm trying to find, I get back, and I also wipe my hard drive by accident of all the old shows I managed to get a lot of them back but I have to actually go through it so if I can find them um, accidentally them. wipe your hard drive no I actually didn't know what happened was I was um, fixing getting off topic I was fixing a laptop from my friend and um, when you're baking a boot drive for Windows 10 yeah you have to obviously put the USB stick in and that I hit the wrong letter I realized too late wiped the 4 terabyte hard drive that'll do it yeah and that that's the downsize downsize. That's the downside to the convenience of how uh, how easy it is to do certain things. But since we're wildly off topic topic and talking about Windows 10, I am furious that they are that they forced installed Microsoft Edge in the la- latest update, and there is no way to uninstall it. No, you, you can't cannot. do it through Control Panel. You can't do it through PowerShell. I I'm ugh. I spent 20 minutes googling yesterday. How do I get rid of this? Only to eventually find that people are like, I you can't. Yep. There's no yep. way. No, it's just can't. embedded in your system. But Good luck. what you can do, guys, in order to get around all this tech censorship and spying, you can install the Brave browser from the link below in the description. And that really helps out the show because uh, any any little help towards the show really, really helps. And it doesn't cost you anything. And it's free. And you actually get money from it as well when you use the Brave browser thanks to its cryptocurrency that you get for free. Because no one owns your data except for you. So use the Brave browser, folks. People keep ringing me. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what's going on, but people want to ring me. Um, yeah, Brave browser, folks. That is the browser that I use. It's what we use for Nerd to Know Media um, exclusively. So it's almost like I knew there was a segue that should be made there, there for some a little, a little plug there. There we go. It's almost... Almost like I connected some dots. It's like we planned this out. <laughs> it's like it's like we know what we're doing. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think I think Kane versus Big Show was the next thing that really caught my interest. Mm. And I, I got to say, it was nice to see them wrestle before I'd already seen them wrestle a thousand times. This is this is when it was still new because around this right. time, this is when they were still doing the Brothers of Destruction. Uh, mm-hmm. No, not Brothers of Destruction. It was the Unholy Alliance. Oh, so even before. Okay, yeah, 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 so yeah Taker, okay. Taker was actually injured here. Um, hold on one second. But what, what I loved about this is, I mean, Kane and Big Show, sometimes you forget because we see them 20 years later and then that's the memory you kind of keep in your mind. But they were incredibly athletic for their size, especially oh, yeah, the Kane. Big Show. And Kane and Big Show. They were really, oh, my really good. Goodness. Like, here's the thing, right? Big Show had debuted in February of this year on WWE. So he was still relatively fresh. Kane was around since 1998, but he was he was actually experimenting more with the going to the top rope. He was just after getting tag team with um, X Pac, mm-hmm. so him and X Pac were against the unholy alliance of Big Show and the Undertaker before Taker got injured. So this was about two months after that, and this is and, the, and, 
So yeah, and they were still talking about that storyline during this match. They were explaining Kane's move set by saying, "Hey, this is because he's been training with Xbox. So this is what the move set is." And you know, then with Big Show, they're like, "Oh, we see the influence from the Undertaker." So I just love the way that they connected everything. Yeah, like that was that. It. they just like the, the true lines of the show um, were just unbelievable, and that's what we're missing now. Like we might get a reference to a storyline that happened a couple of years ago. We, but we won't. Like you won't because it co- it will contradict everything that has happened since. The only unfortunately, to- the there's o- no continuity. The, the only time that there would be is when Undertaker comes back, and they'll reference something, you know. But right. That's because he's not there week to week. Like you'll get a reference mm-hmm. to oh he was he had these battles with like Ric Flair and Mankind and stuff. But if he was there every week, you wouldn't get reference to it. But now sometimes you you, you know you get something that happened last week and they're like oh it didn't happen. You know, yeah, oh, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So, no, uh, they'll straight up just pretend that just didn't happen. <laughs> um, the finish of the match was, I thought, was really cool. It was a throwback to the Hogan Andre match mm-hmm. at WrestleMania. It was just a simple body slam pin. But seeing the big show slam like that for his size, even though Kane's massive, I just, I love that. I thought that was very well executed. Well, what I love about this um, show as a whole is that it really built up the spectacle of everything. Mm. Even the throwaway matches, because there was the the, the the first half was very much setting the table, and then once after once they kind of I think it was after the Jericho match they really kind of leaned in to a more a big big fight feel. So everything here kind of felt bigger. Even the the triangle match was weird. Um, it it was just a weird match in general. Crash Holly, weird and fast. And... Here's the thing though, Crash Holly and Christian wrestled twice on this card. And Jeff Jarrett wrestled twice on this card. And China wrestled? She, well, no, she, she was involved like five times. She was involved like five times. So that's another thing that you wouldn't see nowadays. You wouldn't see mm. people double jobbing, you know, just just cause. Because remember, the roster wasn't massive either. It was, no. it was a great roster, but there was this much more sense of we are a team, we're all in this together, and you're going to have to pull your weight maybe a bit more than normal. The last time, the last time I can really remember this happening was in, I don't know, what are we talking, 2014, 2015 with Daniel Bryan. Yeah. And they used to have him wrestle two matches a night every week. And the fans seemed to get really upset about it. And, you know, especially once he had to retire because they said, well, you you purposely ran him into the ground. You purposely overexposed him to try and ruin him and all this. Well, none of that worked. No. Because the fans loved him so much, but I think that's why we won't see it again because of Brian getting injured. But see, I I don't think anyone here was overexposed. There's no. a difference between taking so having someone out there and going right, go out and wrestle two matches. Why? Oh, cause rather than go out there, have your match, warm up the crowd, and then be involved in something else later on. The cra- mm-hmm. the Christian Crash Holly stuff uh, was kind of pointless because we didn't see it. But it was probably to get people riled up in the crowd. In the crowd, everybody loved Crash Holly. The actual match itself, uh, the, t- the triangle match, wasn't great. But the backstage segment where uh, Crash Holly was and Harker Holly were trying to figure out stones and kilos, stones and pounds, stones yeah. and pounds, and it was just really good. I'm like, this is fantastic. And little things like that were really nice. You know, uh, it was just. I wish there was a hardcore title match here. That would have been nice. Um, 
It wasn't. Um, of course you do. Yeah, come on. It was the only thing that Of course was. you do. But hey, I mean, they still weighed in at over 800 pounds. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> right. So in the in the 12 minutes we have left, um, yes. let's talk about the main event. And by the way, uh, we don't know if if the Undertaker has retired yet. We might, we're going to talk about that next week when we're talking about the last Friday series. So just everyone chill. If you guys think he actually retired, let us know in the comments below. I don't want to weigh in on that yet because everything's a work and this probably is too. Um, yeah, we'll talk about that next week. We will talk about next week and we'll talk about why no one other than me is could be any more excited by the way that documentary ends. Yeah. By the reason that The Undertaker had to have one more match. Listen, he's going to return and it's going to be against Sting. I'm not going to weigh in. Two seconds so. later, this is the match. This is his opponent. I just, I just, I, just I love. I'm just going to say. Know. So, yeah. I'm just say. No, say I just, it. I just love the whole concept of okay, I've retired. Wait, I can have a match with AJ Styles. Yeah. Okay, I'll do one more. Yeah, that, that, and, that and got me what, going. And then what happened is you'd be like, oh, I can have a match with Sting. Like that, let's do it. But look, we'll see. Oh. We'll wait. We'll, we'll talk about that next week because there is so much breakdown. Um, we're gonna give everyone the chance to go watch it. It's on the network now. Yeah, I haven't seen. All, I haven't seen it myself. So I've only watched the first episode, so I'm very excited to see the rest of it. So we are going to talk about that next week. Um, now, straight off, the best cage match ever. Let's talk about it. <laughs> well, it kind of is. Um, in my opinion, it's my favorite cage match ever. It's the old black cage, which you never see. I like it more than the old blue. I cage. hate the blue cage. I hate it. Yeah. It looks manky. The black cage looks great. It's the same one they used from Saint Valentine's Day Massacre. Mm-hmm. And um, the only problem with this is watching this on the network, they absolutely like abuse this footage because it has there's two there's two um, there's two songs from this time period. Fear Factory's album Obsolete is was used in was Fear Factory's Obsolete and uh, System of Down Sugar was used uh, Unforgiven, and that's the best video package of all time. I'll post it in our group uh, on our page so everyone can see it. It is the best video package of all time. And on the network, they've removed it. The second best video package of all time is from this. And it has a song by Guantanamo Apes called um, Proud Like a God, which is a phenomenal song. On the network, they took it out. And it's like, why did you do it? Don't want to pay the royalties. Pay the royalties. Nobody's ever heard of that band. They're not doing anything at the moment. Buy the song. They can use it. Why not not help them out? You You know, one of the things I loved about this cage... Uh, for, for whatever reason, it seemed like I could see through it better. Mm, that's it. Like that's if what, I was, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a mesh, the mesh cage you can never see through. Mm-mm. And and this seems more realistic Real. to what you would get. And if you're in the audience, I feel like you're not as hindered as you would be normally. Like I've seen, I've seen the mesh cage in person. The TNA cage is actually more like this for house shows. It's way better, and. Um, from from a crowd perspective you're more engaged it's more I think the black cage makes it more personal as well because it does kind of add that grunginess to it but I would imagine watching this in the arena you're able to see a lot more what's going on it feels more like when they hit off it it makes more like a of a oomph sound to it you know you don't have to pad it or add sound effects to it or even mic, up, mic it up like you would the other cage I don't know this just feels more more legit it feels more like an actual hate filled feud than 
Yes. Oh, hey, we're having this match. And that's what I always feel when I'm watching the normal cage. I, I, I've never felt that a cage brings anything to the table. I always yeah, feel it looks like, like it hurts more, too. Oh, yeah, well, I imagine it would. Um, like, they're bars. Big they're bars, bars versus, like, the mesh. Mm. So, yeah. Like the me- and the mesh is cool. It didn't come down from the ceiling. No. They just come out and assemble it. I like that because it allows you to have a cage match as a surprise on a show instead of walking into an arena see the cage. seeing it up in the air and going oh well I know one of the matches is going to be a cage match tonight that I, is one of the things I like about house shows I that think that's a cool idea that's something they should do that's something they should bring back you know so, what? so like have have the bars yeah like, yeah, hey, yeah but like hey um, guess what we're having a cage match there's no cage here but there is and then they come out that's something they could do like this is the thing about WWE. They have no creativity anymore, man. Like, they don't think outside the box. It's all very, it's all very controlled and by committee, and that's not how no. creativity works. I'm sorry, it's not. Like, we love wrestling, and this reminds me why. But then when you look at the current product, you're like, if you're a bit more creative, and I know you can be because you're doing it now with the cinematic stuff. But week to week, you could do stuff like this where you're like, you know what, cage match, boom, assembled cage. I, and I yeah, cool. I, I think that's an absolute great idea. And I also, I much prefer these cage rules over modern day cage. They make match way rules. more sense. They yeah. make so no much more pinfall, sense. Yeah. No submission. I would even take out the whole door nonsense. I'll I've never understood that. Door, and just make it you have to go over the top rope. The door is okay. Top top. The door is okay. You, you, you like the door? I don't like the door, but it makes sense. Like what I would do, I would padlock the door. You know, if I was in the cage match, I would padlock the door as, like, you're not getting out. Oh, well, no, that's what I mean. But I'm saying in terms of a winning condition, I don't don't like that you can escape the cage through the door as a winning condition. I think you should have to go over. Yeah, I'd agree. But I think it it does kind of work. Like, but the pinfall and submission is kind of stupid because then it's matching the cell, matching the cage, rather than the cage match. Right, right. And not having a referee in the ring is great. Yeah, it looks, because it's like, it's, they're wild animals going in and killing each other. You know, it, it adds to that believability of, oh yeah, this is actually supposed to be a wrestling match. This isn't supposed to be like, they're not supposed to be friends. And what I love about this is why this is one of the best cage matches of all time is, even though the the end of it is a bit of a smudge, it's a really, really good 17 minutes. You know, like yeah. The Rock and Triple H absolutely go out there and have a phenomenal match um, like, they're, like as much as I love Austin nobody wrestled Triple H like The Rock oh yeah I and mean he, even The Rock's opening promo where he's standing on top of the cage I love it he looked, like, looked like a million bucks sold everything more over than any of the guys currently on a promo before he did anything you know it's like and and I feel bad now for the, for the guys uh, of of modern WWE because it's like you can't get that again everything is kind of working against you you know it's like how can you how uh, you could stay off Twitter that that, that, well, that works I think, to be honest with you as much as I enjoy Twitter sometimes it's kind of as we talked about with JK Rowling it's a good idea to just stay off Twitter sometimes because you end up putting your foot in your mouth but what I mean is like expose yourself less is really what I mean I mean, unless you're working with The Godfather, expose yourself less to the public. Yeah, well, I think it has to mean something. And that's the big thing. Wrestling doesn't mean anything anymore, like, as such, outside of big events, which is why when the big stuff hits, 
were almost surprised because the big stuff hits rather than everything's supposed to matter and mm-hmm. on this card everything mattered so when it got to the main event it's like holy crap this is a big deal and it felt like a big deal because they hyped yeah, there was the whole momentum you know, momentum throughout the night building up to it the as we talked about you had the british bulldog you had china you had a, a shane mcmahon you had stephanie all these factors that you're like how we know these have to come into play yeah. in a no rules cage match how is it going to play out you i've seen this for your news so i was sitting there like okay what tropes are they going to use i'm probably going to get upset about this i didn't no. uh was it a dusty finish absolutely but i thought it was executed phenomenally well so and look i i knew when i when i when i brought this up to you i was like he's gonna love this like this is one of the best shows and I, I was hoping you hadn't seen it because it would have taken away some of the surprise of how good this was but look, yeah. as I said, my favorite time period of wrestling is these four months i love these four months of wrestling and even as a person like the music alone so when I discovered Fear Factory and all this and System mm. of Down all kinds of this was a huge a huge shift in wrestling and um, in that kind of pop culture as a whole and to have something like this which just kind of catches all that in a little jar through the prism of wrestling is fantastic guys if you haven't seen this go and watch it you'll have a great time I have a VHS copy that's the best way to watch it but sadly sometimes you can't but it's on the network. I still have my VHS copy that I taped from Skybox office when I was 10. Wow, um, that's yeah. so cool. Do you, did that have the pre-match on it, the pre-show match? It didn't no. have the pre-show match. Because the network like, didn't. So yeah, it has all the original audio and stuff. Um, so it's one, of the cool. only, it's, only, it's one of the only original tapes that I kept. I have that, Unforgiven, and a few others, I think, from that time period. But uh, yeah, that's it, you know. And look, we've re- reached the end. That Dave, that, that was the fastest show I think we've ever had flew in it was fun though i think we covered the show pretty well i, I think, think it's so a nice too. review of rebellion 1999 it's so weird to see it man so weird to see this imagery <laughs> so weird <laughs> well look guys if you haven't seen it do if you're listening to us on phoenix 92.5 fm thank you so much for joining in go over to nerdtonomedia.com check out all the shows nerdtonomedia uh, at gmail.com is how you can reach us go on to the wrestling rewind facebook chat with us um, leave comments below if you don't want to do any of that myself and Dave will jump in and have a discussion what did you think of the show what do you want to talk about next well we are going to talk about The Undertaker's Last Ride but until then Dave is there anything you want to plug uh, yeah just follow me on Twitter Instagram it's all the same The Dave Stevens if you guys are watching on YouTube Twitch that's that's what's in the little grey box down there and yep. uh, you know you know just have be safe everyone just exactly. be safe exactly stay safe in this crazy world where we don't know what's going on but one thing you can be sure of is that we're going to go back to the past and remain the only wrestling podcast by people who do not hate wrestling so we will see you next week here on the wrestling rewind guys stay safe bye bye